0: listening to The Writers' Forum. I'm your host, Mike Tusa, and today I'll be speaking with author Jeff Hoffman about his new book, Like It Never Happened. Jeff's writings have appeared in The Sun, in Publishers Weekly, and other magazines, and he's the winner of the Madison Review's Chris O'Malley Prize in Fiction, and he was a finalist for the Missouri Review's Jeffrey E. Smith Editor's Prize. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate you having me. All right. Well, you know, I read a little bit of your bio and, and your connection back to books as a whole. And that goes back to your father, Bob Hoffman, right? It does. Talk a little bit about that. So um, my father was
1: the first thing he did for me as a, as a writer was uh, both my mother and my father um, chose to uh, not buy a TV when our, our television broke. And I was in second grade and living in St. Louis and, uh, St. Louis winters can be cold enough that there's really nothing else to do except read a book when you don't have a TV so I they told us that all all three of the kids had to be on the honor roll at the same quarter and that took us about two years to put together <laughs> so uh, the, uh, I turned to books and really became hooked and and uh, went from the Hardy Boys to Nancy Drew and that was about all that existed at YA back then and ended up, uh, you know, tackling my dad's bookshelf from there.
0: And then, you know, it, it's interesting. I mean, I, I probably have 2000 books in my house and and I can't tell you how many times folks come over and say, why do you read? How, <laughs> how would you respond to
1: that? You know, I, I think that the interesting thing about reading is it's the medium that allows you into the subject subjectivity of somebody else um, more deeply than anybody, any, anything else. Um, if you watch a a TV show or a movie um, it's, you know, without the the uh, kind of the wonder years narration, which can get really annoying after a while um, you, you really have to just count on the dialogue and the facial expression. And, but the a book really allows you inside the mind and the, the subjectivity and the,
0: the really gets you to the emotional core of the individual. And that's the that's unique piece of reading. Uh, that's a great explanation. All right, one more before we turn to the book that I'm curious about as a writer. Your bio says you are a proponent of the Oxford comma, <laughs> and I could not help noticing that one of the chapters is titled "Strunk and White." How, <laughs> how did you manage to get that in?
1: Well, you know, one of the uh, one of the uh, characters was uh, a um, a journalist, right, and. You know, strunk and, right, strunk and White, I'm sorry, um, when I came across that, you know, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago, it just was so concise, so clear, and so um, so beautifully written. And from a writing perspective, it just, you know, so much of writing could be subjective. And um, Strunk and White were very, uh, very prescriptive. And, and okay helped you help you make some decisions pretty quickly.
0: Well, I'll tell you, it made me smile, and I suspect it'll make a few other folks that are familiar with it do the same. All right, so let's talk about the new book, Like It Never Happened. Now, in the book, you introduce us to four guys who went to high school together. You know, this is a universal theme so many people can identify with, at least part of it, not not the crime at the center, but the rest of it. Um, Tommy, Malcolm, Henry, and Kevin. But they haven't seen much of each other over the years. Did you start the book with character ideas or with a plot idea? You know,
1: I started, I started with a, the characters and a problem, right? The, I, I knew, I, I knew that the characters did what they did in the Burger King parking lot, right? And I knew that I was going to start when they were 50 and, um, you know, that, that, that they were going to be confronted with the, uh, the crime that they got away with and, um and, and from there it you know that that's that's the kernel that's the 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 place I started but you know the those characters were still skeletons at that point and I had to write my way to the characters and I had to write my way to the plot and very quickly I learned that the crime that happened in that uh that Burger King parking lot so long ago was just the kind of the, I think of it kind of as the maypole um and it wrapped around that maypole or the the uh the dramas that have evolved in the lives of the each of the each of the individuals over the last uh, and their families really um, over the last 30 years and and that's where the really real story uh, is for me right it's the it's the effect and the rot and the uh, um, the regret uh, associated with that secret uh, with that lack of accountability and with that um, the the lies that they have told their their families
0: yeah, and it's a, it's fascinating. Now I have to ask this question too: Are you an outliner, or are you what some people call a pantser, You know, fly by the seat of your pants. I fly by the seat of my pants. I okay. I have to,
1: you know, I I I write to find out who the characters are, and I the characters then tell me the story, and then the story defines the characters, and it's terribly inefficient. It's it's a uh, a very circular process, but it's the it's the one that I've found works for me.
0: All right. Well, you touched on something that I normally would ask towards end, but let me ask it now. A lot of authors will tell me that if they create good characters, the characters help write the story. In fact, right. I had I had one guy, this sounds psychotic. I had one author say, sometimes my characters will say, no, I'm not going to do that. Right. <laughs> Have you had that experience where you started down the path with a character, maybe even in this book? And then, eh, you know, that's just not going to work for that character. Yeah, you know, I, I, there,
1: there's always dead ends um, and thrown away chapters, and you know, I, I think the, the better the, the way I think about it is that the the characters lead me to the story, right? And the characters, when when they're well formed, they can only act in certain ways, and are uh, fully formed. Um, they can only act in certain ways, and and they they are they might, uh, if if I try to get them to act in ways that are inconsistent with their character, then they they buck against that, and it just doesn't read, and I throw it away.
0: Um, Okay. All right. Now, in the book, and I thought this worked really well, the chapters alternate from character to character a lot. Did you write chapters for one character and then another, or did you actually write it going back and forth between the characters? I wrote it back,
1: back and forth between the characters, largely because I I was learning what the story was. Right. And, you know, I I use that, that switch to build suspense as well. Right. And I, my, my, I tend to write 1500 words a day and those chapters end up being about 1500 words. Right. Um, and, uh, the, but, but the, the, uh, it's it's continuous and and um you know follows follows the line of the book rather than than following the line of
0: it does a great job of explaining who the characters are because you're interested in one and then you're interested in the next i thought it worked really well now we mentioned this already in the book there is a crime from many years before that's kind of at the heart of the the Mm -hmm. friendship between the four and um, you know, the crime is like a pebble tossed in a pond, you know, and the ripples are explored in the book, and it affects each of their lives differently. Talk about that process, because I thought that was fascinating and very something everybody can identify with, how each person was affected differently. Right. And, you know, I, th- I think it's worth
1: mentioning, that these were just, they, they were they were normal 18-year-old boys, right, that were... Not out looking for a fight, and not not out looking for to, to kill somebody, and, and things went terribly wrong. And it's it's something that happens in parking lots all over America every Friday and Saturday night, right? And yeah. and the, um, the the thing that I I set out to explore was wh- how did each of these individuals um, how did they react to what they had done, and you know I think you know Malcolm, um, is his he's the the cold uh, corporate lawyer who who ret- retreats into his work and blocks out his family um and you know blocks out what he feels is the you know the kind of the evil nature um within him that he's worried about inflicting upon his family henry becomes a, a tissue broker and um and ends up you know renting torsos to uh, of, uh, medical uh device manufacturers which is uh, its own pretty direct uh, correlation with with w- what he's done right and then you know Tommy um you know, Tommy's probably the one that that uh you know outwardly is affected the least but I think he's uh, inwardly affected by the guilt his wife is a prosecutor um which comes into play um later on in the book but um he never told her and he regrets that he never told her and um knows that his marriage is at stake every time the uh as as the the secret uh bubbles to the surface and so he's he's more wracked by guilt and regret
0: and and
1: the, than the other two i think
0: and then you have henry
1: well yeah Hen- henry was a tissue broker and oh i'm sorry i got my yeah. name mixed up you make- have, uh yeah. kevin Kevin, I'm sorry. right. Um, sometimes I forget about Kevin because Kevin's the one that died at the beginning of the book, yeah. right? And I brought him back together. Um, and Kevin Kevin was kind of an itinerant worker, right? He was a sculptor, sculptor for a while. He was a woodworker for a while. He was a handyman for a while. And woven through that was, uh, you know, a pretty significant drug addiction. And uh, traced, uh, you know, by his, uh, his journalist wife back to, you know, that night, right? And Kevin was the one that, that wanted to turn themselves in. Um, they, they got away with that night, um, with what happened that night. And
0: yeah. he was the one that wanted to turn themselves in and felt the most regret at the beginning. You know, what I think is fascinating, and again, it's one of those universal themes, all four of the characters are flawed in different ways. And um, you know, there's drug addiction, as you mentioned. There's some marital infidelity. There's some possible alcohol abuse, as examples. Do you find it is more interesting to write about flawed characters than, you know, characters that get everything right?
1: You know, I love to read about flawed characters, and so that I tend to, to tend to write about them. I, I think the the key is to try to give those flawed characters humanity that that the readers can attach to. I think the for instance, you know, Malcolm's this cold lawyer who just, you know, every minute is accounted for and has um, detached himself from his family. But, you know, his opening scene when he's uh, he's having, you know, he's, he's getting divorced and he's uh, moved into his new condo and his uh, his uh, um, interior decorator gets to the room that's going to be his daughter's and asks, uh, what is she into so that I know how to decorate the room and he can't answer, and he's bro- so broken up by this. And I feel like, you know, that was the moment where it was like, okay, that kind of broke open, you know, the the reader's view into uh, into who Malcolm was and who, yeah. who, the human of Malcolm rather than the uh, the shell, the, yeah. or the armor that Malcolm puts up to protect his humanity.
0: Yeah. All right. So we we know there's a crime, and you don't reveal in the exact details of the crime until later. How do you, as a writer, Keep the suspense, for lack of a better word, going, uh, so that we're not, you know, halfway through the book and say, "Okay, I know what happened, and that's the end of it." Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I, I guess,
1: you know, editing. Um, you know, the, I, I think the, the the that it's what I took out from the the chapters um, that, that lead to the 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 reveal towards the end, and I, I, w- I would also say that the the crime isn't the most important thing, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's the it's the, uh, the 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 dramas that live in each of those families, and the the accountability and the lack of accountability that's occurred, and, and what that's done to each of those individuals. And
0: that, uh,
1: of course, the the crime drives the plot forward. But um, you know, the 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 story of you know eighteen-year-old boys doing something bad and coming back to haunt them—that that's been done plenty of times. And I had to take a I had to put a different take on it and and make sure that
0: that it was its own story. Well, you know, there's obviously there's cause and effect. You know, you have the the crime at the center, but there's effect that essentially is tied to many, I thought at least, to many of the flaws, if you will, of the different characters. Um, For example, as it relates to Henry's infidelity, which shows up at some point in the book. Um, is that something you planned as part of the character development or is that something that evolved organically? You know, I, I went into it determined
1: to, uh, you know, especially as I brought in the point of view of the, each of the, each of the spouses, um, Mm -hmm. I, I, I was determined to, to develop the, the problem that was central to their family, right? Um, that had nothing to do with what happened in that Burger King parking lot, but but had everything to do with it in the end, right? Um, and the I, I think one of the real interesting things about it was that you know even for Alice, who who was Henry's uh, wife, and she knew about it because she was dating Henry during during the during high school, um, but but all of the the wives feel the effects of whether they knew about it or not they feel the effects of those lies reverberating through their their marriage through their lives and they don't know what to how to how to explain it or what to depend upon I know that that um, Elena when she when she learns of it in, in the end um, feels relief right mm-hmm. um, because she was blaming herself for all the things and that were wrong in her marriage and, and um, knowing that her her husband was broken before she met him was
0: a relief to her. Well, that's, you know, that's another one of the many themes in the book is how a secret, for lack of a better way to put it, can mm-hmm. undermine so many things without the person that's being affected by it even knowing where these things came from, right? Right, right. Yeah. All right. At some point in the book, <clears throat> excuse me, the narrative goes back in time to the crime, that's at the center of the story. How do you know where to put that, or how did you decide where to put that in the narrative? Yeah, you know,
1: I had to put it deep enough into the book to, you know, keep the suspense. Um, but you know, it, it, I, I didn't put it. I think it's probably about halfway, right? Um, and I, be because the there, there's nothing terribly unique about this crime, right? It's like I said, it's a, it's banal and in in um in a terrifying way right um and the uh so i i, I didn't want to to keep referencing it and and uh, trying to build suspense around a, a crime that was banal in a terrifying way right um so I, I i i chose the middle of the book and then um you know sent the sent the boys south to, to florida to you know for a, a dose of accountability um, a little bit, you know, closer to the climax of the book. Right.
0: Yeah. It worked well. It works really well. It kept me going. Um, I also found an issue we touched a little bit about this already that it also raises the question. Here's another one of those little themes, if you will, how much of one's past should you share with your partner? Right. Right. That's, that's also involved in this as it relates to the folks who are married and um, some of the four guys had done so some hadn't. Yep. Um, is that something you also decided at the outset, or is that something that evolved organically? You know, I didn't
1: even think about that until you just asked that question. Okay. Um, I think that I, I what what I did once is I, I wanted each of the each of the individuals to react differently, right? I wanted to explore the different ways that 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 that, uh, that trauma and that lack of accountability and that um, that uh, you know the the you know the the uh their inability to to tell the truth or their unwillingness to tell the truth how that affected them each um but i i wanted to show it in different ways so um each one of them sees it you know experiences that in a different way but um, beyond that i didn't give it
0: Okay. Well, it struck me. Maybe that says more about me than anything else. I don't know. But it <laughs> me. Um, all right. There are also some strong women in the book. And, and that was also yeah. interesting. You, we've mentioned Alice, and I want to talk about her. And there's Naomi, uh, who is Kevin's wife, Kevin, who who was deceased. Yep. She's, she's part of the impetus. Let's talk about Alice for the moment. Yep. Now, this is my perspective. While Henry seemed to me the, the guy who was the most, excuse me, the least self aware. Mm-hmm. Alice seemed to me to have the most emotional depth of any of them. Um, she seems to, to relay to the, to the reader that she understands that the four of them have all reacted differently to this crime uh, and have suffered in their own way. Am I reading too much into that, or is that accurate? That's accurate. I think um, she uh,
1: she struggles with some of what Henry has has done to her. Um, since then and his inability to hold himself to account um, in relation to that. But I think that she's very aware, you know, there's that scene with Naomi at the end um, where they're, they're talking on the phone and she's, uh, you know, holding um, Naomi accountable to, to a certain degree, right? And, um, she, you know, she, she helps her understand what, what impact this has had on everybody, right, that there were no that there
0: were no winners and everybody was a loser in that parking lot. And, yeah. Um, yeah. And, for everybody, right? Yeah. And Naomi, then let's get to Naomi. Naomi is kind of the catalyst for the guys having to face what they have done. Mm-hmm. And that's at the heart of the book as well. Another theme. But I couldn't help wondering if perhaps without her realizing it, uh, her actions actually freed all of them. I, I feel like it did.
1: Uh, the certainly Tommy. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, I would say, uh, you know, Malcolm, in in a, a certain way, right? Yeah. Um, I, I think in a, on, on a personal level, he became free, if, if not on the physical level. And the, um, you know, Henry, I think, became more honest with himself um, and it became more self-aware um, as he was forced to confront um, what happened, right? And. You know, Naomi. That certainly wasn't her goal. <laughs> she set out to um, hold them accountable. She was. She felt like these uh, these three men had caused the death and all the pain that led to the death of her husband, and and she was determined to make them pay for that. And um, you know, I think she served as you know, you know until until you started to see inside of her her subjectivity and, and see things from her point of view. Um, she was kind of this, you know, distant, um, you know, uh, antagonist, right? But right. Then, um, once you, once you learn what she went through, then, then you, you shift, you shift the lens a little bit and yeah. uh, you understand that everybody was hurt by this.
0: Yeah. Well, let me ask a, a completely different question. Um, and I'm assuming by now, some folks have read the book mm-hmm. and, and given you feedback and maybe in your other writings, you've had this happen. Have you ever had an instance, and in, whether it relates to this book or others, where somebody who read the book will tell you something they got out of the book that was not on your radar, or you hadn't even yeah. thought about? It? Yeah. I think, I
1: think uh, you know, I've, I've heard some about this book, but uh, certainly heard a ton about my my first book, Other People's Children. And that's a book about adoption and mm-hmm. adoption that, that went wrong. And um, the... You know, I'm I'm an adoptive parent, so I, you know, I, I certainly brought a, a certain um, point of view to the the writing of the book, and and tried to tried to put that point of view aside to see all points of view, because um, no no a good book is is without that, right? Um, but you know, I I, I I certainly read the Goodreads reviews from people who had been adopted themselves, um, people who had were birth mothers who would who had really pushed their children for adoption and um, people that uh, had gone through um you know the broken adoption and never you know you know never had gotten to the place where our family got and and you know I think you know that that's you know just a big reminder that that you know the, the reader completes the book, right? Um that um, you know, as writers we bring a lot to the book, but the reader the reader and their experience uh, brings the rest and and that goes up in their reaction to the book and and what they take from it and what they think it
0: means yeah um two more if I, if you got time I, so unfortunately you know we live in a current world where books are being banned and people are trying to avoid topics and etc are there any topics in your writing that you say you know what i'm just going to avoid that because i don't want the negative uh reviews that might come from it you know, I don't. I don't think they're topics. I think there are,
1: are subjectivities and and okay. point of views that I, I want to be able to fully inhabit, that um, so that I can do. I, I can. I can write those point of views with with you know a, a certain degree of efficacy, and um, you know that that you know I certainly I, I certainly write from the point of view of, of women often, but um, the I, I find that you know although we have our differences men and women there we're frighteningly the same in the end and um and have read enough uh, uh, you know thousands of books from the point of view of women that, that that helps as well but um i you know from when it gets to other cultures and um you know the i i have a bit of trepidation about my ability to do that well and it's okay. that's really what it boils down to it's not a question of you know if I, I i guess i might feel like i'm doing something right if i get one of my books banned but um, yeah. but i uh, the, the last thing i want to do is is uh, um you know write inauthentically
0: about another another person great way to put it all right let me end with this okay um when authors create fictional characters like you did with these four guys and, and their wives and then put them in situations that they have to figure out. Okay, you're actually figuring that out. Do you yeah. learn anything about yourself in that process? <laughs> you know, a little, a little bit of myself goes into
1: all these characters, right? That's um, um, I like to think it's the nice part, but uh, <laughs> my um, wrong. But you know, I, I think I, I imagine myself struggling with this kind of problem, and. Mm-hmm imagine what are the ways that I might react to it and, yeah. and negatively as well as positively and um, and try to you know try to sort through that as as I'm creating these characters because you know none of this comes from from thin air right and none of it gets modeled or very little of it gets modeled off of real people it um, has to come from my imagination and um, so therefore I'm, I'm sorting through the you know, my take on, on how a character like that might react. And, yeah. and I, I learned how I might react, I guess, when as I do that.
0: Well, you know, and I think that in the book and I'll just end with this before doing the outro, I think that's what a lot of people will do. They will read it and think, how would I have, you know, which of these characters would I be and right. how, and how would I have reacted? Maybe different, right. maybe like one of them in particular. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to The Writer's Forum, and I've been speaking with author Jeff Hoffman about his new book, Like It Never Happened. It's a good one, folks. You should pick it up. Jeff, is there a website or a social media site that folks can go to to learn more about you and to learn more about your books?
1: My website is jeffhoffmanwrites.com. That's with two Ns on Hoffman, and okay. it uh, links to uh, my social. Um, I spend most of my time on it's Instagram and Facebook. So. All
0: right. Well, Jeff, thanks for being on the show.
1: Thank you very much. I very
0: very much appreciate you reading my book and and taking the time. I I enjoyed it. Folks, music for the show was provided by Valerie Hunt Jester. The show is produced by our very own Del Agnew. Tune in next Tuesday at 4 o'clock or Wednesday at 5.30 in the morning for the next segment of the Writers' Forum.